0: Welcome to the cast with your host, Jason Lumber with Power Systems Design. Nuclear power. It's attracted no shortage of controversy, mainly because of subpar safety protocols in certain nations, but it's also quite possibly the greatest and most efficient untapped source of energy. And the war in Ukraine has caused new interest in nuclear energy with the sudden loss of Russian oil and liquid natural gas. And on the line to discuss this is the CEO and head of reactor development over at nanonuclear energy, James Walker. So, James, thanks for joining us. And why do you believe there's this renewed interest in nuclear energy or has interest never really waned?
1: Hi, Jason. Um, thank you very, very much for having us. Um, well, with nuclear, interest did wane, admittedly. Like The industry was really, I would believe, on the decline, um, sort of... Mid 2012, all the way up, really, up until about now, and I think the reason for that is that there was a lot of opinion that we could meet our energy requirements using other alternatives, and um, and I I mean alternatives even to fossil fuels, so wind and solar, green hydrogen. Everyone was hoping those would sort of meet, um, be able to to give us that boost up um, in terms of energy supply that we needed. But what what ended up happening is that you could see some demonstrable um, things happening in the world that really indicated that wasn't possible. Very big indications like, say, when Germany moved away from its nuclear program to focus more on renewables as a way to um, try and reduce their carbon emissions, that resulted in a failure, essentially. They ended up having to burn Polish coal and and buy French nuclear. and So their carbon emissions actually went up and their price of energy went up. And that be seen by industry a lot, but was also investing in renewables, but they weren't getting the, the sort of payback they wanted. And so the, the solution really did come full swing background to nuclear is that, you know, if we are serious about decarbonizing, we are serious about um, trying to bring up our energy um, output, um, the nuclear is obviously a very obvious way to do it. We know this works, we know it's very safe. Um, we know it's we know it's very consistent. Um, there's no intermittency, and for that reason, I think industry and government sort of aligned on this one and came together to, uh, with the realization that nuclear had to be part of the solution uh, at the same time. And and that's why there's been such a resurgence in in interest and nuclear companies sprouting up, um, and everyone talking a bit more about nuclear now.
0: All right. Well, you mentioned. Safety concerns. So, what has the industry done to mitigate some of the safety concerns surrounding nuclear energy?
1: So, I think what's important with communicating about safety in the, in the nuclear industry is that there's a bit of a misconception about it. Nuclear is the safest form of energy there is. And we, if we look at gigawatts, gigawatts I would say deaths per gigawatt hour generated as an example or a, as a metric, nuclear beats out wind, it beats out solar. It, it is already the safest form of energy. There is the reactors that are actually the US and other countries are beginning to examine now in the SMR space, the small modular reactor. Those are even safer than the civil reactor powers that are already the safest form of energy. So you're not you're improving the safety on something that's already the safest. Um, and you know, I think um, uh, Japan is a good example of a country that when after Fukushima happened, again, nobody died in, in that instance um, but the sentiment for nuclear was very poor and so they went and turned on a lot of um, uh, old power stations which resulted in far more deaths um, than, you know, had to with the nuclear so I think, I think communicating um, the nuclear is very difficult to break a nuclear reactor it's very difficult to have an accident um, and even when it does happen, it's very unlikely to result in any deaths and I think that kind of messaging needs to accompany this sort of resurgent nuclear uh, drive that's coming out of industry and in government.
0: So, you'd say it's probably more of an issue of, of a PR problem than a technology problem with the entire industry?
1: I would say um, the PR is definitely an issue because if people were to appreciate, um, as I mentioned, when you look at certain metrics with regard to safety. I mean, nuclear does beat out all the competitors, and that's every other energy system, whether it's renewables or fossil um, or, conve- or other conventional fuels. The, the, that is not very well known about, and I think nuclear. Ha- I, I think there's probably a psychological reason for that, in that um, the danger with nuclear is an invisible one, whereas um, you know, falling off a wind turbine or you know cancer rates because of coal mining for instance as an example or, or the coal industry is 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 more visible and more um and, and for that reason less psychologically intimidating but objectively um it is a it is a pr issue in that people do very much overestimate how dangerous this is and they also are very not are uh, not aware that the safety regulations with regard to nuclear are the most stringent of any energy form in the world already, and so once you as we move into this sort of a new nuclear phase of SMRs and microreactors and other types of reactors, accompanying that should be the PR that just addresses people's innate concerns about, uh, about, the nu- about nuclear power and nuclear industry.
0: All right. Now, your pitch mentioned industries like mining, maritime, shipping, and even Microsoft looking to embrace nuclear. Now, sticking with Microsoft specifically, how could nuclear energy improve their operations? So the,
1: the big place that nuclear could, could fit into in the tech industry is that data centers are incredibly energy intensive. And they're only getting more so. Um, <clears throat> and that, that includes not just data centers as well, but as, sort of, as AI gets more sophisticated, the energy requirements that go into operate and maintain it are enormous. And that actually requires quite a consistent form of energy. So say wind and solar are probably out on that front because the capacity factors of both of those are very low. Now, if you're going to draw from the grid, that's going to put an enormous strain on the grid because you could be the equivalent of a million houses, or something like that. If you're a big data center or a big tech center, and when you begin looking at solutions for these sort of things, you, you fall on nuclear almost immediately, because one, it's the most consistent form of energy that you can get. As in, when you want power out of it, you can just get power out of it, and you can consistently get that amount of power out of it, as um you know as, as long as you want, um, compared to anything else. It also it gives you the ability to locate your tech center or your data center or your AI anywhere you want. So if you want it in a remote location and you want it removed from the city, um, then you can do that with nuclear. And so for that reason, they have begun to focus the industry has begun to focus on SMRs as being the solution that they need to power their infrastructure and, and their future plans. Um, in a, in a carbon-emitting, um, zero-carbon-emitting way that meets their climate goals at the same time.
0: All right. Well, you know, as industry embraces nuclear power uh, more, which is, is probably inevitable, what sort of red tape will businesses looking to integrate nuclear energy run into?
1: So it's it's interesting. I think <clears throat> a lot of the red tape we're actually hoping will be um, will be navigated before the customer actually wants. The, the power source, so say for instance, Nano, my company is a micro-reactor company, so that's looking to deploy a, a micro-reactor that's uh, essentially an ISO container sized reactor and power system. Um, what we're in discussions with the regulators about is, as long as that reactor meets a certain criteria, so say, flooding risk, uh, uh, that say the site we want to deploy it to meets a certain criteria like flooding risk, um, Habitable, um, uh, um seismic risk, then it's okay to deploy there and it doesn't need a separate site licensing uh, process. Um, provided we can actually um, to, uh, clear that red tape in the licensing process for each microreactor that we deploy, um, hopefully the customer does not need to suffer um, a long commissioning or a long installation and commissioning time that they would expect from a big civil power reactor, which can be... Can be years and years and years of site specific licensing. Um, so, the, the companies themselves, the SMR and the microactive companies, might bear the brunt of the red tape that goes into the deployment of these things, but hopefully that's going to be a benefit to the customer. So, when the customer does request one of these things, it can be deployed to them quickly. Um, without them having to go through a lot of the, re- um, the regulatory red tape that's associated with the nuclear industry and the, and the licensing of each reactor and the re- licensing of each site.
0: All right. Sounds good. Uh, thanks, James. I want to thank you for your time. And to our audience, thanks for joining us, and have a great day.